There once was a man named Gold Roger, who was king of the pirates. He had fame, power, and wealth beyond your wildest dreams. Before they hung him from the gallows, these were the final words he said. My treasure is yours for the taking, but you'll have to find it first. I left everything I own in one piece. Pirates set sail for the Grand Line looking for the legendary One Piece, the treasure that could make their dreams come true. Please don't listen to this. Your life depends on it. This is a special mini episode. Uh, we are sailing the high seas to talk about the manga One Piece, specifically the manga. We're going to ignore the anime for reasons we'll get into later. Um, and this is something that uh, myself and my first mate, Ryan, who you may remember from 302. Possibly the worst podcast ever put to... Uh I don't know. I think it was pretty good. I mean, I might be because I was sober for it, but I think it was a little better than our uh, our Avengers Power Hour. <laughs> well, that one wasn't very good. So basically, everything <laughs> I'm involved in is bottom of the barrel. Oh, you're gonna knock it out of the park with this one, though. You're gonna knock it out of the park. Yeah, with I actually this one. know about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, One Piece is a long running, a really, really long running. Like long running doesn't do it justice. Long running series by Ishiro Oda. Uh, about a young kid starting out on, on an adventure to be the king of the pirates. Um, it's a kind of an action series, but it does a lot with different like adventures. You, he has a, he's gathering a crew. He's going up against the government. He's uh, exploring the world because this world is very interesting and varied. And if you are our age, you might remember it from the horrendous 4Kids dub, which I just attempted to mimic the intro, and I'm sure I'm going to play that audio back and find out that I skipped a sentence or two. Um, but it it's really, really cool. It's the most it's the biggest thing in the entire universe if you're in Japan. But over here, it's like, well, it's not, not to say it's not popular, it's still very popular, but there are people who just kind of are like oh yeah whatever it's it's on the same quality as Naruto or, or whatever they're just they just kind of write it off as another big shonen and we wanted to talk about how much we loved it for a little while uh, what is your experience with uh, One Piece Ryan where do you where do you start with that well I mean it, it did start back in the early two thousands with the uh, four kids Saturday morning dub which I had watched for bits and pieces of. And uh, I remember the, the final episode I had watched was, what was that? The Cactus Island, right when they entered the Grand Line with the, the bounty hunters. Right. Right, pro, like uh, the opening setup to the, the crocodile. Mm, uh, the Alabasta. Alabasta arc, yeah. And um, I remember just thinking it was really neat, but I never really, I didn't watch enough of it to really get a idea if I liked it or not. You know, it was a Saturday morning cartoon skipping every other week it was just it didn't make much sense but there was something there that I enjoyed coming back in middle school or so I had gotten into uh, into Naruto and the other watch kind of interested in watching other things so I restarted watching the anime and quickly realized that 
this was a very time-consuming process, and it mm-hmm. pretty quickly jumped over to just deciding to read it, which, mm-hmm. in my opinion, is a superior way of... It's, you couldn't have made a better decision, I think. Oh, no, it's it's miles better. Mm-hmm. Not only pacing-wise, but just artistically. It's a much, it's a much yeah. nicer you package could, to look at. You could never get the kind of quality you get in a panel that Oda draws from a frame, like a cell of animation. You couldn't do it unless you're spending your whole budget on it because there's a lot more that goes into animation. And yeah. Toei doesn't care. That's the other That's thing. the big one. And I, I mean, honestly, I've always been, since I switched over, I've always been, for pretty much most uh, Japanese storytelling mediums, been a bigger fan of, of manga than anime, just from the simple aspect of no. it generally is more pleasing to the eye to me where you don't have that unless they put a ton of effort into it I just think reading it is a a much for me anyway a much preferred way of consuming the the material Mm -hmm. Um, for me I watched it as a as a kid as well I watched it um, they started airing it on Toonami on nights I remember Mm -hmm. this is after the four kids Saturday morning had it Um, but it was the same dub they just aired it at a different time which was more likely to be seen by me and I followed it. I missed, there would be arcs that I missed because of its weird airing schedule. Yeah. So I would be like, I remember thinking that it was weird. Like I never saw when Vivi joined, like when she got on the ship, mm-hmm. but I watched a bunch of episodes with Vivi on the ship and I'm like, I guess she's a straw hat now. Yeah. It's like, not really, but like still it was interesting. And uh, I'm like, oh, I like the powers. I like the weird world. I like the... The theme, it's got such a strong central goal mm-hmm. of we are going to find the one piece we are going to explore the world. And all the members of the crew have their own dreams and so easy to pick between like, oh, who's your favorite crew member? Uh, what what weird island are they going to go to next? What's going to happen? It's so exciting and it has that driving force. But probably because uh, of the horrible airing schedule or the terrible pacing or the fact that that dub was fucking awful, I dropped off. And I didn't get back into it until 2013 uh, when I had a a nice little depressive episode and uh, somebody I was following online started talking about how good One Piece was and I'm like, I guess I don't really know whether that's good or not because I I was watching the bad dub and I don't know anything. So I I should check and I was blown away because the first thing was like, oh, well, let's see how far they are. And then it's like all the revelations about the world. There's all this stuff you didn't know about the world then. Like I discovered, one of the first things I saw was basically a map of what they, where they have been in the mm-hmm. world so far, and I'm like, holy shit, what are all these weird places? What's the red line? How? Wh- I thought there was only the Grand Line. I thought the Grand Line was the end goal. It's like, no, the Grand Line is how you get to the middle of the end. Like you're yep. not even, you're not even close. There's so many more places to go, so much to explore, and I'm like, holy shit, I didn't know any of this. And then I'm like, well, let me go back to where I left off. I left off right after Alabasta, which I think is shortly before the dub got canned. I don't think it went too much longer. I don't know. I mean, I mean we don't, yeah, we don't know. Um, and I was started reading it because I wanted to get, I hated the pacing of the anime. Um, and I fell in love. It was, it was incredible. I, I burned through it in a couple of, a uh, couple of weeks and it was insane. Like there was so much left for me to discover and oh my God, it was killing me that nobody I knew, I, I knew you at the time, but I didn't. I wasn't talking to you about this. I should have yeah. been. We had talked about Cape Comics stuff, but not yeah. this. 
um, I should have been talking to you about Marineford because Marineford happened in 2010, but I didn't know about it. I wasn't reading it when Marineford happened. And it's such a big deal. And it was so cool. It's the promise of all these Cape Comic events Like is like, oh, we're going to shake up the world. We're going to do something that will change everything forever. All that shit, they always lie. They always, it sucks. It's a big punching fest that has no consequences and the action sucks and the writing sucks and everything sucks. All comic book events mostly without exception are pretty terrible one piece marineford art is like if one of those was good yeah i <laughs> the actual arc itself it's okay mm-hmm. i think it, it definitely it it's good mm-hmm. i just it never really was one of my personal favorites mm-hmm. i mean it definitely has massive worldwide changing implications um and I mean the the big, uh, all, all the major death scenes, all that stuff is all well done, but it just never. I always much preferred the previous like Impel Down setup arc to it, where oh, it's, really it's a bit too. more fun running around adventure. Whereas basically you're just kind of like a bystander to this massive, which is a neat for you know shown in the anime to be your main character to be kind of a bit piece in this massive battle is, is fairly rare. Mm. Um, but it just it never really got to me too much. Uh, I got you. I mean, I understand I, that. Yeah, I, I think most of it is just because half the characters a lot just a lot of introduction to a lot of characters. Like this is the first major time where you actually get you know massive screen time with Whitebeard, or you really get a decent amount of time with uh, you know Sengoku or any of these other characters you kind of been with, but. Never were expanded upon too much at that point for you to really care so much that oh they're here. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean even Garp, right? Like Garp's been around and then, yeah. Like, well, I mean, he he never really does anything except for in the little side panel stories mm-hmm. or yeah, to show up right. at the end of an arc. So one of the things that I think is really great about One Piece, like uh, is is like I said, it's strong central premise, which kicks off from moment one. Moment one of chapter one, like arc, the the arc romance dawn is so good, it like, it really kicks things off with a bang, um, and you follow the character Monkey D Luffy. I'm sure you've seen the straw hat on everything, uh, that weird guy who goes to your college wears a wears a shirt with Luffy on it. Um, it's, it's this kid. It's him as a shitty kid. It's the it's the thing that's a flashback, except they're really actually starting the story with it, uh, eating. Uh, something that he shouldn't have and getting the powers to stretch which is like already great and you wouldn't even think like you would think oh that's just a one-off thing that's just Mm -hmm. a weird artifact of this world but no there's are tons of things like that there are tons of devil fruits that's just happened to be the one that he encountered at the time that's the gum gum fruit and he ate it and now he can stretch and if he figures out how to use that that could be really cool for him and he also meets Shanks, who is his idol, and he gives him the straw hat that sets him out on the journey. And he's like, wow, one day I'm going to have a crew of pirates as cool as yours. And that's really what the story is about, is him going out on this journey to make friends and see new places. Mm-hmm. Like, the whole finding the One Piece, like, you really, even though we are concerned about what is the literal One Piece, like, Ryan and I both have our theories about it. Yeah. Uh, we're not, that's not the point of the story. The point of the story at the end will have been, oh, look at all these cool adventures we went on. Look at all the people we met. Look at how we were able to make a difference. And that's that's fun. That's what the actual fun of the story is. And if Oda dropped dead today, 
God forbid, you know, of course. But, like, we would still have, like, 23 or whatever arcs uh, that yeah. are about that kind of thing. That are about these characters going out, exploring new places, and changing the world they're in. And it's it's great. It's something really special. Um, with that, uh, I, wanted, I talked about the crew a little bit. I wanted to ask you, who is your favorite member of the Straw Hat Pirates? I mean... <laughs> I'd say I, my favorite one is probably Sanji. Uh, I just I like his design. Yeah, he gets some of the the overplayed. I won't hit a woman thing. Kind of is is to me one of the weaker aspects of his character, even though it is played for gags quite a bit. But it's kind of a bad gag, in my opinion. It's but not great. But it doesn't mean I don't like Sanji. I just I just I like it. I've always liked uh, his move set, like the kicking and just the way he he evolves upon that. Um, and just kind of his, his, his always kind of spy side stories he does, especially right from the Alabaster arc is really when I started liking him when he's uh, Mr. Prince oh. on the on the little cell phone and he's just like. And it's really funny the context that that gains. Yes, with, uh, later with on the, with the most recent one of the most recent arcs. Oh, um, but it's just I just his his whole kind of he's not the best on the crew, but he's you know always just shows up and his, his fights are generally pretty good. He has a defined purpose. Yes. Uh, something that I think people get hung up on reading discussion online about this show is they'll see a character on the Straw Hat crew and be like, what is their major purpose in battle? How come they are not fighting more? Which is a reasonable well, complaint in an action series. But when Luffy's asking these characters to join, he's not saying, I want you because you're strong. He's saying, I want you because you're you're my friend or because there's yeah. a skill that you have. But for the most part, as it is a, as heart and soul, uh, a battle story, you, it, it does drive or live off of fights and character building through fights. And I think that's kind of where I, I like Sanji so much is that a lot of his fights, he gets a lot of fights and they're actually good fights. Like oh, yeah. Luffy does as well, but outside of those two, like Zoro fights, especially recently, are just him just murking guys in two seconds, and there's no challenge whatsoever. Yeah. Earlier on, it was a different story, but I love post- Zoro, but I don't get super excited at the prospect of him fighting a dude. Well, it's because post he hasn't had any good fights. He always fights a guy at least post time skip. Now, now's who, the time. I mean, he's, he's yes. in Samurai Country. Yes. And, yeah. And there's there's a lot of implications as to potential background on who is. Uh, you know, his dad or whatever might be from Wano originally. There's a whole lot of stuff going on there. So I'm hoping he finally gets his first good post time skip fight. Um, but it's definitely been been weak for him. Uh, I think the people who suffer the most from it is definitely Robin, who just does. Oh my god! Absolutely Don't even nothing. Get me started. Uh, and but, I, I like the character, but just yeah. But you were talking about Sanji. Like mm-hmm. Sanji has good fights. Uh, he gets to fight a lot, which is nice. Yes. But do you like? Sanji's character. Do you like his backstory? He's the he's the cook of the ship. Yes, and he's they do some really really fun things with that. Like his fighting style is based around kicking because he doesn't want to use his hands. Those are for cooking. Yes, he can't mess up his hands. Well, it's just like pretty much every arc he's in, he's always he got at least two, one to two fights that you're like, okay, that was that was top notch. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's got the the Ging fight or whatever in uh, the Barati arc. Where he fights the dude with the steel ball punches. Oh, uh, which really is, cool. Which is great. 
Um, it, he's got he fights the uh, the pasta dude on the train to uh, Impel Down or not Impel Down uh, Any's lobby. Uh, Wayne's I think the chef who makes pasta out of his nose and it's just a funny fight where he's like making armor out of pasta and I love that guy uh, he just hates him because he's not a chef and then he yeah. later on fights uh, the giraffe dude which is mm-hmm. another great fight mm-hmm. or no, does he no I think he switches up and fights the wolf guy actually there are a lot of but, characters in this goddamn series oh yeah and it has gone on for a long time <laughs> there are lots of things that I have to be reminded of from time to time like hey remember that happened yeah uh, like when Ryan says the giraffe guy, I don't remember his name, but I can tell you exactly what he looked like because yeah. that drug, that guy's nose will stay in my head forever. Um, or like uh, just some of these characters, uh, all these characters are really unique and special. There's there's something going for them, you know. Um, I think that Sanji's a great example of that. And um, uh, I gotta say, my favorite, like. When I was watching as a kid, it, it was the boring answer. It was Luffy because I hadn't mm-hmm. reached any of the moments that truly cemented a favorite for me. Like now, I gotta say, uh, the adult in me goes Nico Robin because I love her reason for being on the crew. I like she's like an archaeologist who wants to uncover things about the world because she can read the road poneglyphs, like which is a whole thing. Like you don't even have to get into that mm-hmm. to understand why she's a fun, cool character. But I like that. She's dedicated to figuring out this mystery. And plus her crew joining moment is maybe the best moment in the series. Like it's, yeah. it's so good. Yeah, it's uh, definitely right up there. Yeah. Um, Something I think about all the time uh, in a really stupid way because the whole burning the flag of the world government thing, uh, every now and then I'll drive by a flag that just makes me go, man, what if I could just sh- shoot a slingshot ball at it and just catch on fire, make my statement to the world, declare war on the world government. Uh, FBI, don't listen to that part. Don't listen to the previous sentence. So, it's Cam here. I'm joining the One Piece show, and uh, I didn't you know that from? this wasn't what it, it was about, was destroying the government. You and I also forgot that it was the world government in One mm-hmm. Piece. I think I've seen total... The New World Order. <laughs> the background <laughs> shadows. Uh, uh, so, what, did I say? what was the one that we watched on Halloween night? We watched uh, his fight against Bellamy, where he kicks, yes. he kicks his ass. Which is one of my one favorite. That, that was a good it's a little mini arc there when they get to, uh, oh, what is that? It's right before one is of my... Not, that's not Logtown, is it? No, no. It's one of my favorite arcs uh, is Skypea, which I know is kind of a... Amazing. Amazing arc. I know it's, it's... A lot of people didn't like it when it came out, because I will admit, if I had to read it while it was coming out weekly, I'd probably think much differently, because... Oh, yeah, it we takes, have the benefit of going back on it with hindsight and going, oh, yeah, that kicked ass. But if you had to read it week to week, it'd be different. It is very slow. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of just going back and forth to places or just running around without anything really happening. But as a whole story, it's just I really enjoyed it. Um, but, yeah, it's that whole Bellamy where you get the guy who can bounce around versus the guy who's made of rubber. Yes. And the guy who's made of rubber decks him in one punch. <laughs> But it's great because that whole that whole thing kind of sets up two future major antagonists where you get a, a redux of the original bar scene from the opening mm-hmm. the opening chapter where you have these badass pirates who are being made fun of by people who are much weaker than them, but they just don't know it. And they're just like, it's not even worth fighting. There's no point fighting these guys. We're just going to sit here and take it. And until they make, an, they make them fight them by essentially beating up this old guy. Well, you want this fight? And so, but at the same time, you also get introduced to Blackbeard, who is... Jaya. 
Jaya. That's it. That is the name of the place. I um, look it up. But you're introduced to Blackbeard, who's essentially either the main antagonist or the... I think he's the final boss, but we'll get to that. Yeah. So that's one of the things that absolutely blows my mind about it, too. When I came back to One Piece and I'm like, they made Blackbeard a character? That's so cool. But I didn't even know how cool it was. Like, like taking his real name and, like, making him a villain and all that stuff. Yeah, that's perfect. Uh, but it's not just a transplant to be like, haha, funny pirate joke or whatever. It's Blackbeard is a real character. He's a real threat. And when he's introduced... He gets mad at Luffy because Luffy likes the meat and he likes the pie and they're like, you're coming to this restaurant for the wrong reason. And they almost get into a fight over that. And now this guy's about to like, you know, assume control of the world or whatever. Mm -hmm. He's got all this evil power and freed the most dangerous criminals from the top secret prison. And it's like, that dude was just a dude who liked cherry pie 500 chapters ago. I didn't know anything. They have this great scene where they just basically just says that uh, they're being made fun of because they still have dreams of finding One Piece Yeah. by these guys who are like, well, it's, it's a dumb dream. They've given yeah. up on it. They're yeah. more focused on free. I'm just versus. making money as, as, as this other pirate crew that's making fun of Luffy and also making yeah, fun of Blackbeard. And uh, so they basically kind of, you know, it's, it's the Islander, it's the, you know, chasing your dreams is still a good thing and you find out this guy is a, a terrible human being who is uh, responsible for you know, a, a litany of, of crimes horrible, and the ultimate things. I mean, it's just, it's, well, he's not searching it, for treasure. He's out doing the other pirate thing. Well, no, he well, is. Okay, so this Literally guy, murder. this guy, you know, they're, they're getting, you know, schoolyard bullied of like, uh, searching for one piece, trying to go to the sky Island. Both those things are stupid and made up. Those are not the real reasons to be a pirate. And then the guy who we later find out is one of the most evil people in the entire world goes to them and is like, Having a dream isn't stupid. Having a dream is the best thing you can possibly have. I want you to chase your dream. And it's like, this guy is saying that because his dream is the most evil thing in the whole world. Yep. It's just funny to like hear that kind but of it, it, work. It's, you know, you it's, kill a lot of people. It's, <laughs> well, it, I just love it because you, in that little scene, you get introduced to, to Blackbeard, uh, Bellamy. You also get introduced to Bellamy's boss, uh, Doflamingo, who Don finally, Doflamingo. who finally shows up it has an actual fight like 20 years later mm-hmm. uh, and then which Bellamy shows back up for when you think he's just one off he's still got like imprints of Luffy's hand where he punched him in the, <laughs> through his skull and uh, he's like a completely broken man at that point but it's just it's it's great how these little characters you don't think much of end up coming back into the story later with either uh, greater significance or they're just still just bit characters in this larger Larger game. Did and you guys talk about how One Piece is X Men yet? Uh, I was actually about to get into that. I know about One Piece. Um, one of the things that I really like about One Piece uh, is the fact that people have to use their powers in interesting ways, and not everyone gets the good powers. You know, you might think that Sometimes oh, you're beat, our, we our main the show yeah, before. our main character. You know, he's. He can, he's made of rubber. How did that happen? He can stretch all the way around. Uh, he can inflate his body parts. He can do all this kind of crazy stuff that helps him in combat. I was told he ate Not a everyone was gun. so lucky. Yeah. <laughs> Not everyone was so lucky. You could be, like uh, Ryan brought up earlier, you could be the guy who has to make stuff out of pasta. You That that might be your thing. You might have to be like, I got to stretch the limits of that. Or um, uh, later on, you find a guy whose ability turned him into mochi, which is like a Japanese like kind of stretchy donut dessert that guy kicks luffy's ass 
he's made of a dessert, and he's like one of the strongest people they fight. You can't underestimate dessert. No, one uh, the whole cake island are. Art what? is full. Yeah, Whole Cake yeah, Island. You got, you got in on that. Oh, shit. Yeah. That it's was, all about cake. Oh, uh, I gotta watch yeah, that. Yeah, actually, oh, the climax of that arc revolved around a wedding cake being ruined. Oh, tell me about it. It was really, really good. But um, uh, there were a lot of characters with food-related powers in that arc, and you don't feel like, oh, whatever, this is just a goofy joke because they have food-related powers. Like, no, that was just the hand they were drawn. Mm-hmm. They got to deal with that, and some of them chose to deal with it by becoming really strong. Uh, Otis said a while ago, I think it's a little outdated now with all the hockey stuff, but he said um, H-A-K-I, not hockey oh, okay. the sport oh, for yeah. camp. Uh, it's, a, it's a hockey manga now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, Oda once said that devil users, devil fruit users don't get stronger, they just get more creative. Mm-hmm. And it's just finding different ways to use their powers. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's it, it is definitely one of the drawbacks to the post time skip is the whole introduction of of hockey and how it is currently being used. Where I mean, it definitely helps make fights more equal between regular people and uh, non devil fruit users. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it's just kind of that nebulous power up that you see in a lot of there's no point to it for me anyway where it's like okay it's a way to hit these these guys who are incorporeal or you know the the, uh, the fire guys and the lightning guys but they'd already faced people like that prior and still Uh found ways to hit them creatively end of the Alabaster arc with Crocodile is really fun Mm -hmm. because it's all about oh hey you gotta use your blood to you know beat him and, I mean, well, it probably wouldn't work as well for people made of fire. It would. Mm-hmm. It still was an interesting concept in how yeah. they beat these guys. Like, uh, that's why I partially love Sky Island so much is the mm-hmm. fact that they introduced this character to who, at this point, is probably the strongest thing they've come across for that whole section of ever. At this ever. Point. I mean, I think he's definitely outclassed now by certain oh, villains, yeah. but and but. The characters even that we met before him that we didn't know were stronger than him. Well, like, we I didn't mean, know uh, how fucking crazy Shanks was. We didn't yeah, know any of that But, stuff. I mean, he... he uh, Lightning Eminem. Uh, I know, that's his name. <laughs> no good? I don't know what this is. <laughs> some kind of solid thing in here. Why'd you drink it? Can't make me something special. <laughs> oh, God. No. Um... But I mean, I, I, up to that point, he's a, he's a guy who's completely made of electricity, who can nuke entire portions of this island. You can't hit him. He can restart his heart. I mean, he's he's mm-hmm. he's so well beyond. I think pretty much every character, not an admiral, that we've been we met to that point, and pretty much through the entire pre time skip run, and they beat him only because Luffy is made of rubber. Mm-hmm. And so he can actually hit him. And, it's all the magic. And lightning match does up. not matter it's to all him. Match up. And it's all matchup, and it's great. Because if they, anybody else were to go there, they get their ass kicked. But just because he's made of rubber, mm-hmm. it's the, yeah. the power cancel. It's, Absolutely. Just, it's fun. So would you say that Sky, Sky Pia is your favorite arc? I mean, it, it's 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 that or it's the the um, Water 7, and he's Lobby kind yeah. of I was just there. about to bring that up because that is my favorite arc. Yeah. Um, 
And so much so that I think that it's hard for other things to even compare. As much as I, I'm still excited to read new episodes, read new chapters of One Piece. I'm not like, oh, nothing's going to compare to this. Why would I? Why even bother? Secure location there is. The hell is this crazy place? Annie's lobby. This enormous floating government installation cannot be breached. There are more soldiers than walls, and there's a lot of walls. All hands, get ready for a showdown! The Straw Hats and the Frankie family are outdistanced, outgunned, and outnumbered. But they do have one thing no one can plan for. I'm gonna beat up every last one of them. One pissed off Luffy. Yeah, Mr. Pirate! Why the hell is he going in on his own? That crazy straw hat didn't understand the plan at all! Hey there, buddy. That's far enough. Tell me where Robin is right now! There goes our strategy. Prepare for the Annie's Lobby Arc of One Piece. Next Saturday night at 1.30, only Toonami on Adult Swim. <laughs> kind of getting into this a little bit uh, Nico Robin's one of my favorite straw hats I was saying that the adult in me likes Nico Robin because I love her motivation I love her moment of joining which happens in this arc I love her like reasons for fighting her personality she's just like a, a good fit for the crew but the child in me loves Frankie Frankie yeah. is yeah because Frankie is wow cool cyborg and he's a weirdo and uh, in chapter 50 or whatever uh, when Luffy's like we need to find a ship right and he and he draws on a piece of paper what he thinks his ship right should look like and it's this guy with weird blue Marge Simpson hair wearing a Hawaiian shirt everyone makes fun of and they meet a guy who looks like that and he's the ship right he's the guy yeah he's oh. great he's completely off the wall like uh, his fights are often very comedic but at the same time still enjoyable they add some science fiction coolness to like the the stuff. He's just 
He's a weirdo, but he fits in. And it's not like he's never serious. He still has good moments where they talk about his background and about how all of his ships, all the battle Frankies were being used against. Like, he never wanted his stuff to really be used as weapons of war. He was just designing cool ships because he's like, I want to design cool ships. We talked about this a little bit in the Wind Rises episode. Um, but, like, he just was creating something because he wanted to, and people were always finding ways to use that in a way that he wouldn't approve of. Yeah, but he was building gunboats. Yeah, he was building gunboats. I mean, I mean, as much as he's like, oh, I just wanted to build cool stuff, he yeah. was building ships with a bunch of guns on them. That's true. And, and it's that, kind might of- be, that might be the kind of thing that maybe he learned from, because, like, the Thousand Sunny isn't really isn't really a, uh, a gunboat. Like, it's, it's got, got a giant laser cannon on it. Yeah, but it's, it wasn't... Okay, well, all right, forget I said that. But um, <laughs> what the main things I think of when it comes to Frankie is like, oh, we got to learn how the coding works so we can move the ship underwater or we have the weird jets or we... Yeah, it's... We, like, when the Thousand Sunny does something weird, it's because Frankie's like, hey, you got to see this cool thing I built onto the ship. Yeah, look at, look at this thing I built in the, off screen that yeah. is perfect for this one situation that we'll never see it again. Well, yeah, that's kind of what makes him fun. Yes, yeah, so, oh, no, it's... I mean, the, the tough part about choosing a favorite arc is that while there are definitely weaker arcs, there's usually at least one thing that stands out. Like, no, I really like that. Um, even a lot of people don't like Drum Island for, I think, very valid reasons, but it has some of my favorite stuff in it. Well, that the the uh, the fight versus um, oh, I'm blanking. Waffle? Yeah, is great. Mm-hmm. Um, that is an arc for listeners who don't know that takes place in a snowy climate, which means that Luffy is almost useless because he is like brittle in the in the ice and snow. Yeah, well, it's 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 also a short arc. Like a lot of the earlier arcs, it's hard to really compare just because they're really mm-hmm. quick. I mean, at most yeah. like 15, 20 chapters long. Oh yeah. Um, whereas you compare it now, where most arcs run a hundred chapters or so, mm-hmm. and you know. Two years yeah. of just I development. spent some time towards the beginning of the episode talking about how I think Romance Dawn, the first arc, is really good. I would like to re-up on that and say that if you are considering starting One Piece, uh, one, you're very brave, and two, uh, you're not, you don't have to like bear down. It does not have a slow start. Well, like, I, okay, so one of the things is that like it doesn't have all the characters that you come to know and love. I'm, like, I'll give you chapter one is good. Uh huh. It does. It doesn't really get its footing until I think it's chapter thirty or so, or so when they get to Arlong Park. Really, I think Barati is good. It's okay. Barati's good. I like the confrontation between like, like Zo- the meeting Zoro's great. Oh, no, like, there's there's there are good things in there. Well, what I'm trying to say is you don't have to wait a long time to get your first cool thing or your second no, cool no, thing that's or your true. third cool thing. It happens. It's happening all the time. Even if you're like, oh, that chapter didn't have something crazy in it, the next one will. It's like there's always something around the corner for you. Yeah, but I I think the first couple arcs are definitely spotty in places. Mm -hmm. They do drag on a little bit, uh, especially on subsequent reads where you're like, oh, man, we're... uh, When are we going to get to the buggy The buggy arc where it's like just running around this town and it's just... Oh, now there's a dog with a dog flashback. It looks a like character this character is... I used to not like and now can't get Oh, yeah, no, it's great. Um, <laughs> Which is another fun thing about One Piece. Characters that you, when introduced, you're like, God, I wish this guy would shut up. Then when they show back up 500 chapters earlier, you're like, where was this guy? He's my new favorite. Well, I, I think really what it comes down to is the arcs aren't bad, but the flashbacks aren't great. Mm. 
uh, and they just take up more time. Like I guess we should be we're past this. Once you hit uh, Arlong Park, I think it's when the flashbacks and the world building start to really take off. Because mm-hmm. flashbacks in One Piece are one of my favorite uh, aspects of it because it's one of the the few things that actually has mm-hmm. stakes for like okay people can actually die and mm-hmm. this like actual main characters from this Some section of them are really depressing can die you know you know reading the main yeah. story approximately who's going to and really even people are like oh they're dead yeah with like a they, few very very notable exceptions you're probably not going to get a character death on screen in one piece yes and if you think they are it's still not guaranteed yes. whereas in the flashbacks you're like okay you know, this actually has stakes and it develops characters in ways where you're like, I understand now where either this character or this villain is coming from now based upon these previous actions that were taken. Um, and it really starts developing in Arlong Park when you start seeing his brutal takeover of this small this small town and you oh, kind yeah. of realize why Nami Very hates pirates. Crime kind of way. Oh, yeah. And just all these characters who you see are normal people and then now you see why this guy is covered in scars and it, mm-hmm. it totally develops his character more than just, oh, this dog liked its owner and is now mm-hmm. sad that he died prior to the event or, you know, from the events of this thing. It's mm-hmm. it's the scope of it and the depth There's of it. There's more going on. Yeah, are, are much, much enhanced as once you hit Arlong Park. And I think that's really where the whole story takes off. You've got essentially at that point your main crew, even to this date, I mean, those... Those five. Those five are your your basic they do pretty much everything else even in the future Shout fights to Usopp who used to be my least favorite crew member when I was a kid I did not know man I didn't know I didn't know yeah he's, he's great now no he's, he's good um, another character who has great great moments in the Water 7 and East Lobby stuff uh, with the whole like not wanting to leave the old shit behind yeah oh that's great and the, the duel he has with Luffy is fantastic that's, amazing Oh, uh, I want to say that because it happens a couple times. If the character goes to, if a straw hat goes to fight the captain, if a straw hat goes to fight Luffy, you know that there's going to be some good shit. Like, there's always, like, I can't think of a single moment that that's happened where the arc didn't get really cool immediately afterwards. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it really does just, it just keeps building off of everything else that's put before it. It doesn't really ever stop and mm-hmm. kind of stall out everything yeah. even to this day you get characters who were introduced like 600 chapters pr- previous where you're finally getting backstories to them now like just now in on chapter 986 mm-hmm. now or whatever it is we might finally figure out that uh zoro's master is actually from like his father was yeah. from Wano, and that's why he's the only like samurai looking dude in the entire world. And it's, it's just on that side of the world. Yeah, that, yeah it's that's just, another thing, right? Uh, hey, we were talking about Sanji. Guess whose backstory we didn't know all of until like last year? Yeah, character that's been around for 20 years, and we didn't think anything weird of it because we knew some of his backstory. We knew a little, we knew about his mom, we knew about the cooking, we knew about yeah, the Yeah, you, you knew he was an orphan who they find in a shipwreck and they train him to be a chef. Yeah. And then later on you find out, no, wait, he's actually the the failed uh fuck-up son of this uh warlord Nazi Nazi regime mm-hmm. of sea Nazis who fly around in uh magic suits and attack people. Uh, really cool, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I kind of have mixed feelings about that one. Well, 
Uh, something that I hate in fiction is the idea that like nobody can just be a normal person who yes. became cool later. They always have to have some special weird backstory or magic blood or whatever, or their parents were really cool. Because like even One Usopp's things, dad is yeah. on Shanks's crew. It's like well, every that's single something that I wanted to say is that I think that One Piece kind of messes with that a bit because everyone's oh they still kind of do the oh everyone's parents were super important thing, but. A lot of the times the characters don't really know that. And when they do learn it, it doesn't change them. Like, uh, Sanji can't do anything special because his, he, of who his dad is. Yeah. Like, he can do special things because he learned to do them. That was one of the things I did appreciate was that when they'd mentioned that all the other sons are, you know, genetically bred super soldiers. Uh Uh-huh. Um, that they, they specifically mentioned that Sanji is failed and he's just, yeah. he just is a regular person. He's just a regular so you do, dude. you do bypass the whole, oh no, he's really good because he just worked really hard for it. It's not that his, you know, dad broided yeah. him up when he was a kid. Yeah. And, and Luffy, that's why he's better than everybody else. Luffy, when he was a kid, something that he does not ever bring up until he was literally asked about it by the crew, which they don't do until really late in the story. Uh, or relatively late, not late now, but um, Luffy's backstory is something you don't know until a while in because he doesn't think it's important to tell anyone, mm-hmm. so you don't think it's important either. And he's crossed paths with all these really cool, important people. His dad is someone who is probably going to end up being really, really, really important. Yep. But Luffy doesn't know that. Luffy doesn't care. If you mm-hmm. asked him, hey, Luffy, why are you so strong? He'd be like, well, I ate a fruit by accident when I was a kid. Yeah. And that's why I'm strong. And if people would be like, uh, not because your father's a re- leader of the Revolutionary Army. is like, who cares about that? Like, he doesn't know. And that's something that I think is special about this. That's Yeah, I am, I am definitely worried, though, that they are going to go heavily into the whole inherited will kind of cliche. Yeah, as long as it's not literally passed down through a bloodline. I will be fine. Yeah, I, I mean... I don't think it will be. I'm I hoping. have faith in Oda that yeah. it won't be. I mean, just because you, you you do have, it was really, it's like when you first get introduced to the hat, it's Shanks's hat. Then you mm-hmm. find out, no, it's actually Roger's hat. That was given to Shanks. To, given yeah. to Shanks, then given, so it's like. I don't feel so bad about that because it's like. No, I'm fine if yeah. that's all it is. Mm-hmm. But if it's like, if there's something more like, oh no, that hat actually belongs to mm-hmm. this ancient king of the pre-New World government. And so I take it you like, don't like the end of Reverie very much then. No, I, I, I did. <laughs> That's very interesting because we don't really know what that is. Mm-hmm. And then the most recent chapter kind of just even more expands upon this. I got to read that shit. Yeah, you do. Um, the whole world has basically changed again. And I, got, I got two more questions that I want to kind of sure. wrap this up because I don't want this to be too long of a thing. I just yeah. want to talk about why we love this series and why and are very it's rambling. important to us. Oh, yeah. We're very <laughs> non-coherent. Rambling. I knew it was going to be like that, but... I just want to say for people who was like, hey, either if you read a little bit of One Piece, watched a little bit when you were a kid, I want this episode to be like a, hey, give it another shot or like, hey, there are other fans out there. You're going to want to talk to them. There's always something cool and fun to go uh, going on with this series. Um, so I wanted to ask you, we talked a little bit about it at the party at a party over the weekend. Do you have a favorite bad guy? This isn't necessarily about who you think is the end boss. Do you have a favorite mm-hmm. arc villain or someone who's still around? Uh I mean, I, I I really liked uh, Don Quixote Del Flamingo quite mm-hmm. a bit. You've got uh, he's such a such an easily hateable guy. His whole shtick of turning people into toys and then people mm-hmm. forget about him while he's not doing it is his crew is. Mm-hmm. 
And he's got this whole kind of slave monopoly of this of this kingdom. And the whole strings powers is a very yeah, literal I mean, puppet it's, metaphor. It's basically just like it's Alabasta Redux, but the stakes are higher. The villain is better, and um, the whole backstory with his brother is just it's it's very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think in the coolness factor, I always really love the design of Enel. Mm. Where he's got that really cool like thunder design and the uh, very very much Japanese thunder guy. Yeah, and he's just he's on. just a complete freaking tank. I, there's there's so many great villains, um, but yeah, I, I I have to say I think uh, Do Flamingo is currently my favorite. Although uh, depending on how Wano ends up, uh, Kato might be right up there just because he I love his design and mm. uh, I'm Kaido. hoping he has Kaido, a lot of cool Kaido, fights. Kaido. But we'll see, we'll see. It's still yeah. to be determined. Um, so that's something we didn't really get into. There are a lot of titles and groups and rankings in this series. Like you have the pirates, of course, who are not organized, but they're a bunch of little crews of their own. Then you have the marines who want to subdue the pirates to maintain the rule of law and um, to protect the world government. Uh, who is you know they are the ones who are funding the marines. And then you have CP9 who are like the SWAT team or the or the Cypherpol agents mm-hmm. who are the SWAT teams. The, the, the secret agents uh, of the world government. So they're kind of on the same side of the Marines. And then you have people who are like so far beyond pirates that like they're crazy. They're they're untouchable. They're the Yonko, the Big Four, the, uh, you know, at the time, at the beginning of the story, it's Shanks, Whitebeard, Kaido, and Big Mom. And that changes up a little bit as the story goes on in very interesting ways. But you don't even know who these guys are or why they're important until I think Water 7, right? Or until... I mean, they didn't mention, but you don't yeah. even know. Like, only recently we got really early on. I think. Yeah, I mean, only recently we finally got the design for for Kato and Big Mom. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. In the last like, I mean, well, Big Mom we got at the end of uh, Fishman Island, Fishman right? Island, but Kato is within the last year and a half. We still don't know one of the the Marine Admirals, the new ones. Yeah, I want to see him soon. Oh, uh, I wanted to talk about that. So. Uh, one of my favorite early villains is Crocodile. I like him yes. a lot. Uh, he's great. You mentioned like, uh, oh, it's all the tension of Alabasta, but better villain and all that. It's like, I like Crocodile more than I like Doflamingo, but I, I still think the Dressrosa was fun. But um, Crocodile is fun to me because he's somebody who's very anti-dream. He's very like, oh, I had my dreams crushed of being the Pirate King. I got my face ripped open by Whitebeard. I had all this stuff happen to me. Even though I'm strong and smart and have a huge network of information, I still set my sights relatively low. Mm-hmm. Like he's somebody who basically has like a learned helplessness thing going on. Oh yeah, and it's a very interesting mindset contrast. And the guy who can turn into sand goes to the desert island and is doing really well there because yeah. he chose. He just did a smart environment pick. No, oh, and that's I. When I say I liked. Uh, Dressrosa better than Alabasta. I, I think mostly it comes down to it's got that dope arena fight. Oh yeah, and uh, the whole like uh, dope flamingo fight is really good. But I think all of the actual fights with the straw hats are much better done in Alabasta, mm. where it's a lot. I mean, the fighting it's number one as mm. uh, with Zoro, where he learns oh, to yeah. cut steel or whatever, is so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got um, what is it? The Nami fight against uh, was it the uh, the 
Miss Sunday or whatever with yeah. her spikes. Nami doesn't get enough fights, and I hope she gets some more now that she's got uh, some new stuff after Whole Cake Island. I can't remember. Did she keep Zeus? Did she keep him? Yeah, I can't remember. I thought I thought him. I thought she got rid of him, but no. I can't remember. I mean, unless I'm not remembering. Something. I I don't know. I but um, uh, also I like Crocodile, but he's another enemy pirate. The thing that I really like about One Piece is that the whole government is the enemy, and all the government guys who are really psycho rule of law cop shit, like uh, are, you know, they're the bad guys. When you see a Marine, it's like, oh, that's not good. It doesn't necessarily mean he's strong, but the guys who are up at the top are there for a reason. And they're psychos. They're like, they don't care. Like, you see the Buster Call in Water 7. Yeah. And the Buster Call is like, we erase an island off the face of the planet because it had something that we couldn't afford to let get out. And that means all civilians dead, all ground, all wildlife, all anything that had to do with that island is gone. And that's what the Marines are like. Yeah. They're like, we will do anything to protect the rule of law. And that includes killing anyone and everyone you love. And to that point, I think uh, Sakazuki or Admiral Akainu, as they call him sometimes, Mr. Lava Boy, really, really great villain, horrible, cruel like just, I hesitate to call him a great villain yet, just we don't know enough about him. Right. He's mostly just a figurehead at this point, and until we get kind of that his big reveal arc, it's tough to rate him as a as a villain well, at this point. To me, he seems like a psycho that in oh, a way that a lot of guys who wear that kind of baseball cap and Hawaiian shirt <laughs> and think that the cops should be allowed to murder anyone who they want, like the way that those people are scary in real life, Akainu is also like that, except he can turn into lava at yeah. any time. I, I, I do like, though, how they have... It, it's not just the whole government is bad. It's not like, oh, everybody works for the, 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 the uh, Marines are all bad. Mm-hmm. You've got different factions within them. Uh-huh. It's the same way you have and different... And the higher pri- up you go, the more... Like well, horribly I mean, corrupt you get. Well, I mean, even you part. had, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Ice Boy. Uh, uh, Kuzan. Yeah, Kuzan. Who is, I, you know, aside from just trying to hold the law, isn't really yeah. a bad guy. Yeah. Smoker is really a great character. Then you've got Garp and Sengoku and all these other mm-hmm. characters within the and, Marines who aren't just, oh, yeah. you know, oh, we're just trying to be evil. It's like, and no. And there is certainly an argument to be made that trying to fight pirates in this world is not a bad goal. No, because a lot of the pirates in the world are also very bad people. We talked about Blackbeard, we talked about Crocodile, we talked about Doflamingo, all these people should be stopped. But the Marines, uh, you know, if they're not cutting deals with them, are probably oh, it's, maybe it's not just, the ones to do it. It's just nice how it's it's a world where it's not just black and white. Where, oh, we know who this character is and therefore he's bad just because he opposes the crew. There's plenty of other characters who oppose Luffy who aren't bad people, and you want to see them succeed too, even though you know ultimately they can't, because their goals are, you know, all everybody's trying to be the pirate king. They're going to be one, as far as we know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's just a very interesting world that is oh, yeah. changing even without the main cast input whatsoever. And it's been it's really good right now. Ryan, thank you for being on this episode yeah. with me. I had a blast recording it. I'm going to miss you a lot. Uh, if you ever get a mic, we would love to have you Skype in on some of the podcasts. Well, I might. We'll see. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, even a shitty laptop one. We'll make it work. We're yeah, gonna, we'll make whatever it Whatever we can do. Uh, thanks for being on the show. Yeah, happy to uh, help. This has been Please Don't Listen to This. Your life depends on it. And we'll see you next chapter.